0: Well, Welcome as we continue our journey going through the Bible and I hope that you are enjoying doing this with me Today we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Which is where the Apostle Paul starts to talk to the church in Corinth about spiritual gifts They were spiritual people unfortunately they were spiritually in the wrong areas uh, prior to becoming Christians So he doesn't want them to be ignorant about how their spiritual lives should be now that they are Christians, now that they are saved by faith through Jesus Christ. So that's the context for this passage. Today we're going to be looking at verses 1 to 6 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles and you were carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Adam Clarke defines spiritual gifts here, uh, just to kind of you know add a little bit of flavor to, to this. And I kind of like these words. They are gracious endowments leading to miraculous results that came by the extraordinary influences of the Holy Spirit. And I, I really like that. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. The Corinthian churches are given a reminder that's good for us also, because I do think a lot of Christians are ignorant about their spiritual lives. And they shouldn't be. The, Paul in these letters talks about three things that Christians should not be ignorant of. In Romans 11, he says, Do not be ignorant of God's plan for Israel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he says, do not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says, Do not be ignorant about the second coming of Jesus Christ and your eternity. So, unfortunately, you would have to say that a lot of Christians are ignorant about those three things, and they're the three things that the Bible says don't be ignorant about. That's why we're doing these videos. That's why I hope that you are able to help uh, or use these to help you rightly divide the word of truth. And I always say to you, pray about it and meditate on all these things that I'm just sharing with you through my own study. And uh this is something that I think is so important for us To make sure that we aren't ignorant You know that you were Gentiles You were carried away by these dumb Or to these dumb idols Paul wanted the Corinthian church to remember Their past pagan idolatry And that it didn't prepare them very well For uh, an accurate understanding of spiritual gifts That come from the Holy Spirit He didn't want them to, to be ignorant Because they were Gentiles And... They came to the issue of spiritual gifts as ignorant because they were Gentiles. David Guzik, our past teaching and experience, experiences have perhaps built a poor understanding of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. It is easy for us to take our materialistic and superstitious views into our own understanding of spiritual gifts. And that's so true. A lot of Christians look through their own lens. Uh, when they 're looking at this topic, so he says, "Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking but the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. Paul here lays down a very broad principle concerning uh, matters regarding spiritual gifts, which is you have to judge things by how they relate to Jesus Christ. Uh, does a supposed spiritual gift glorify Jesus? A question that should be asked: does it promote Jesus? Does it promote the true Jesus or does it promote a false Jesus? These are questions that must be asked. Jesus made it very simple for us to understand what the role of the Holy Spirit would be. In John chapter 15, he said, He will testify of me about the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, declare it to you, John 16. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is not about promoting himself ever, Or about promoting you or I. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is always to glorify and lift up Jesus Christ and point people to him. So we can trust that the true ministry of the Holy Spirit will always be according to the nature and the character of Jesus Christ himself. That gives us a great test for whether things really are of the Holy Spirit or not. Uh, Verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but it is the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. You notice how the Trinity is woven into that passage there? Same spirit, same Lord, same God. The Apostle Paul continually weaving in for us an understanding of that triune nature of God. Diversities of gifts. Paul's going to actually go on and list nine spiritual gifts in the following verses, and he's actually going to talk about more than that in other places. And there really is a, a huge diversity in the gifts. But there's only one person that gives the gifts. There's only one who works through these gifts. The the gifts are diverse and the ministries are different. The activities are diverse, but it's the same spirit, it's the same Lord, it's the same God working through and in these gifts. Now, Guzik says this, Ministries probably probably has in mind the different gifted offices in the church, such as apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers and evangelists, as Paul also describes in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul's point is clear. Though there are different offices, it is the same Lord granting the offices and directing the service. Now, the Greek word that's used for the the English word activities is the Greek word enigamata, uh, which is where we get our English word energy or energetic or energize from. And it's an active word. It's a a word of active, miraculous power. Activities is the same word as the word working in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, the working of miracles. Differences of activities means that God displays and pours out his miraculous power in different ways, but it's always the same God doing the same work. This is Guzik's encapsulation of that uh, definition of that word, enigratation. Enigamata. There you go. I'm going to keep trying to say it. Getting better with my Greek and Hebrew. What are the differences between the gifts, ministries, and activities and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12.7? Uh, all of these are gifts. Some gifts are ministries, uh, offices, positions in the church. Some gifts are activities, uh, miraculous events or outpourings, uh, at certain times and places, uh, such as the manifestation of the spirit mentioned in first Corinthians 12, 7, which we're about to read in, in a little bit. So, uh, it's easy for us to focus on our own little area of gifts, our own area of ministries, our own area of activities and somehow believe or think that people who have other gifts, other ministries, other activities, are not really walking with God as closely as we are, or they're not really working for the Lord. But God, through his nature and character, has an incredibly wonderful, diverse way of using each of us in the way he does things through us. And we should never expect that the Holy Spirit is going to work in our lives according to our own taste or our own emphasis or what we would like. The, the reality is, is that when we submit our lives to our Heavenly Father through the power of the Holy Spirit pointing us to the revelation of Jesus being the Son of God, and our acceptance of that free gift of salvation, we come into a position of submission where we come under the mission that God has for your life and my life. It's not my mission. It's not your mission. You don't own your mission. You submit. You come under the mission that God has for your life. Now, in order to do that, God says, well, I need to give you certain gifts to be able to carry out the mission that I have for your life. And I think the problem is with many Christians is that when they start reading this particular passage, they've already got a preconceived idea of what gifts they want, what gifts they don't want, which ones they think are for them or for somebody else or not for today or not for this or not for that. Instead of just coming under the mission of God and allowing these first few verses to be our filter, whatever is of the Holy Spirit will point us to Jesus. And if we remember that as we continue our teaching through this passage, we will always have a true north compass point to come back to, which is understanding how these gifts are going to point people to Jesus and allow Christians to have an understanding of who Jesus is in their life and who he wants to be. That is the purpose. Of these opening verses. So we're gonna leave it there today. Uh, just a short little intro into this chapter because there's so much in it. But I wanted to separate this particular introduction so that you have a chance to understand what I'm about to learn, what I'm about to understand is going to equip me to perform the mission God has for my life. And He does have a mission for your life. And if you don't know what that is, then you just take one step at a time. You let the the light of God's word, the lamp, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you just hold that lamp out one step at a time, take a step, then let that lamp light the next step, take another step, then another one, then another one. You will find yourself walking in the will of God as you allow the word of God to light your path. As you do that, God's going to equip you with gifts that you need to carry out your mission. That's pretty exciting. Tell me what you observe from these opening verses uh, in the comments below. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful introduction to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Allow us to understand what these mean for us in the mission that you have for our lives. In Jesus name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day.